This message is from Icon, from Community, Icon Church. Community Church. Icon is a church located in Metro located Atlanta. In Metro Seeks Atlanta. to be defined by grace, grace, grace community, community, and, and renewal. renewal. Community and renewal. For more information, please visit our website at iconcommunitychurch.org. At iconcommunitychurch.org. Or follow us on Facebook. Instagram. A Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, together, we get to talk about what is my favorite word in the entire Bible. And it is this word that is an attribute of our God. It is an action of God toward us. And it is something that we are supposed to image Him in. It feels sort of like a daunting task to me because it's like trying to describe something that is almost indescribable. But we're going to do our best together because for me personally, in very dark times and low moments, this word, this attribute of our God has given me a lot to hang on to. And so my desire in that is for the Spirit to bring you some hope and some encouragement as well from something that has been a lifeline for me. So long ago, when sin entered into God's good creation, God made a plan right away about how he would set things right. And while God could have done this without complicating things with people, he chooses to involve his image bearers in that process and in that story. He makes his image bearers a part of how he is going to make it all right again. And so early on in the story, we know that God chooses out of all the people, one particular people group who would be up for this task. This was an honor, and this meant that they were going to be special, set apart, chosen to have a special role in his plan for redemption. And because of that is great blessing. There is a lot of favor that God gives them. Part of being God's special people, though, means that you are supposed to live as his chosen people, different from everyone else, worshiping the one who provides you with life and blessing and protection. So while God so many times delivers his special chosen people from enemies, he rescues them from abusers, he gives them physical reassurances of his presence, he provides for them. His people repeatedly turn away from him. They complain about what he provides. They disobey his commands regarding how they're supposed to treat one another. To the one who their very lives hinge upon, one who repeatedly heaps blessing upon them, they neglect to thank him, to praise him, to honor him, and to worship him. They turn from the source of their life and blessing and offer up their lives to other things, other gods, and even to themselves. So how is it that with all of this, that God still hangs on to them and his purposes for them? How is it that when people are so sinful that God still remains faithful? How is it that when they move away that he draws close? How is it that when they wander countless times that he still gives them more chances? How is it that when we as God's children continue to sin against him, that he still wants us? To his unfaithful people, in Jeremiah 31, 2-4, God says, 
The people who survived the sword found favor in the wilderness. When Israel went to find rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued to extend faithful love to you. Again, again, I will build you so that you will be rebuilt. How when God's children sin against him repeatedly that he still hangs on? How is it that when we destroy what he has made good that he continues to use us to rebuild? Because he is a God of hesed. In Jeremiah 31.3, when it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have continued to extend faithful love to you. This faithful love, as it is translated here, is our word for the day. In the Hebrew, this word, chesed. This is the attribute, the crux of why our God is so faithful when we are not. Now, before we move into this more properly, this is this guttural word, this chesed, as we would attempt to pronounce it. In English, many people just also say chesed, and while using that guttural is better, to save my throat and your ears, I'll be using the more Americanized English chesed today. But try that guttural when you can. Here in Jeremiah, This is not the first time that the Israelites would have heard God describing himself with this word. This was a well-known attribute of God. For example, in Exodus 15, after they have crossed the Red Sea, it is noted as God's hesed that led the people. In Exodus 20, in the Ten Commandments, the reason to not worship other gods is because he is hesed. In Exodus 34, God describes himself with hesed as he passes before Moses after the cutting of the second Ten Commandments. Solomon notes that God showed hesed to his father David in 2 Chronicles 1. When Solomon rededicates the temple and fire falls, it is attributed to God's hesed. In Ezra and Nehemiah, when they are rededicating God's spaces, it is a rehearsal of God's hesed. And there are more and more examples of this in scripture. So what exactly is it? This word hesed is found 250 times in the Old Testament, and most of that is in the Psalms. It is in Psalm 136, 26 times alone, where it keeps repeating that refrain, his hesed endures forever. There is no single word in the English language that can accurately capture it and describe it for us. Rabbi Jean Binder explains that while there are many words to describe hesed, this does not mean there are many definitions of this word. He says there are more so many dimensions to this word, a multidimensional word that is more conceptual than concrete. In your English translations of the Bible, when the Hebrew is hesed, you will read the words loving kindness, favor, mercy, grace, compassion, unfailing love, steadfast love, goodness, faithfulness, or loyalty. And in context in scripture, we often see it being used between God and between his people as they have been unfaithful. So hesed 
expresses the attitude and actions of a loving and faithful God in relationship with his undeserving children. It is the overreaching mercy and loyalty of the creator to his creation that has rejected him. Isaiah 63 says, I will make known the Lord's hesed and the Lord's praiseworthy acts because of all the Lord has done for us. Even the many good things he has done for the house of Israel, which he did for them based on his compassion and the abundance of his hesed. Not based on their worthiness or merit, but based on his compassion and the abundance of his hesed. What keeps us in the certainty of God's presence and the certainty of relationship with him is not our faithfulness, not our merit, not our deservedness, not our accomplishments. What keeps us in the certainty of God's presence is the hesed of our God. It is his character and his being that grounds us securely. His hesed chooses us and keeps us, even when we don't deserve it. You know, we are created to image him, reflect him, adore him, and worship him in how we think and how we speak, act, and how we treat the earth and how we work and how we treat one another. And every time we fail to do that in a way that perfectly reflects him, it's like we are being unfaithful to God. We are being unfaithful to what he created us to be, who he created us to be here. He is worthy and deserving that we would image him perfectly in all things, all the time. And yet, as we are unfaithful to him because we cannot do this, he remains committed to his end of the relationship with us. He is deeply loyal. If you remember from what Pastor Dale preached on in Hosea in our last series, Hosea likens the relationship between God and those he calls as a marriage relationship. And in Hosea 2.19, he says, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in hesed and in mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. And in Hosea, this is despite your repeated and blatant unfaithfulness. I remain committed to being faithful because of my hesed. God's response to Israel's repeated failures in our narrative, his response to the failure of us as this pinnacle of his creation, his response to our daily failures to live up to what we are meant to, his response is hesed. We live and move and breathe in hesed. Psalm 89, 1-3 says, I will sing of the Hesed of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, Hesed will be built up forever. In the heavens, you establish your faithfulness. Psalm 25, 6 says, Remember your mercy, O Lord, and remember your Hesed, for they are from old. Jewish scholars look at these kinds of um, scriptures, these kinds of verses in the Psalms, and conclude that it is trying to convey that the world and the universe and the ages are built upon Hesed. They say that it is primary to God's nature, 
that he is Hesed. And it's almost like it acts as that first domino that starts this chain reaction of God creating. God is Hesed, and it inspires him to write the story we exist in. And as he writes our lives, his Hesed spills out onto the pages. It's not just a verb. It's not just an emotion. It is his unique being in action manifest in us as his creation. So as his creation, it's almost like we are um, expressions of his Hesed. We are expressions of God's steadfast, faithful, loyal love and mercy. It is what pours out of our creator to create us. And it is why we are able to approach God. And it is how he approaches us. You know, we have limits about what we are able to extend to others when they don't deserve good treatment from us. But God in his chesed does not have those limits that we do. God invites us into this covenant relationship with him, already knowing how we are going to fail, how we are going to fail to respond to and treat him as he deserves. You know, the saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. It's almost like God repeatedly subjects himself to in a weird way, being fooled by us because it is his nature to constantly keep giving us chances and overextending grace when we fail again and again. This is really mind-boggling to me that I constantly, several times today already, have thought, spoken, and acted in ways that are an affront to the one who deserves my complete loyalty my pride and selfishness and laziness and impatience and frustration and on and on. It's all against him. It's me going my own way, idolizing and worshiping what is not of him, spending myself for lesser things. God could have a massive list of reasons to condemn me, neglect me, punish me. God has valid reasons to withhold his love and grace and kindness from all of us. And yet instead, instead, we get to echo Lamentations 3 and say with confidence, yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's hesed, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. How long could or can you endure Someone being so blatantly unfaithful to you before you call it. How many times of people using you? How many times of being taken advantage of? God enters into relationship knowing how much we are going to do that. And yet his response to our unfaithfulness is his loyalty. And how is this possible? (laughs) Because, friends, at the end of the day, God doesn't love, save, redeem us, or remain faithful to us because of anything we've done. God loves, saves, redeems us because of the nature of who He is. Is there any greater demonstration of His hesed than that for while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly? 
temporarily will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this incredible assurance is not so that we keep on sinning because, well, God's just going to forgive me, so what does it matter? It's like what Paul says in Romans 6, should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. Because if you are God's and you entered into his death and died to sin, then our desire is to orient our lives around God and not our selfish desires, not our old way. We don't want to walk in the old way of sin, but the new way of resurrection, which means we don't look at hesed as a license to live in the old way. If you think that's what hesed means, then you don't understand what it is. Hesed is rather what helps us as we continue to fail in our struggle and war against sin, as we continue to fail to do this perfectly in this life. It helps remind us that we have freedom. We are freed up from the power of sin that confines and brings death. We are assured that because of Hesed, while we can't do it perfectly here, We have freedom because sin no longer condemns, because our God is one who takes us in, even though we still don't deserve it. While we are the worst, God looks at us in that state and says, I want you, you are mine, and you are mine to the end. Jesus came as the physical embodiment, the fullness of the hesed of our God, And as his image bearers, who have been bought back by that sacrifice, part of us in being his new creation is that Hesed is this attribute that we try to image him in. To follow him is to follow the model of a Hesed kind of life. Psalm 2510 says, All of the Lord's ways show Hesed and truth to those who keep his covenant and decrees. Proverbs 21, 21 says, the one who pursues righteousness and hesed will find life and honor. Micah 6, 8 says, he has told each of you what is good and what it is that the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love hesed, and to walk humbly with your God. Ruth models hesed in very rough circumstances. This word is interwoven throughout that book. There's hesed in the fidelity of Ruth to Naomi. There's hesed in the loving concern of Naomi for Ruth and hesed in the kindness of Boaz to both women. Hesed is this word used in Joshua 2. It describes what Rahab and the spies extend to one another in a really tough situation. Hesed is what David sought to show Mephibosheth the son of his enemy Saul who had tried to kill him. So we are shown over and over again in scripture that Hesed is meant to operate in the most difficult and dire of circumstances toward our enemies when the stakes are very high. Hesed doesn't just operate in good weather. It operates in the storms. And grasping, I think, God's Hesed towards us can be difficult 
But I think then considering how our lives image that is a whole other level. I think that the more we can understand the nature of Hesed, the more uncomfortable it may make us because to whom much is given, much is required, and Hesed is much. It is a posture and a movement that crosses over normal boundaries. It is a life that is lived always going the extra mile. So where are you feeling about done with extending grace? Where are you done with giving chances for change and renewal? Where are you at the end of your rope with someone yet again? And please know this doesn't mean where there's real harm or abuse or danger. The heart of our God is not one that says to demonstrate my hesed is to endure violence and abuse and damage. So don't go there with that because those things are evil, but track with me. Where have you just been ready to throw in the towel and give up on someone? Where have you been unwilling to give others room to try again? Realize that it is your pride to not allow someone to catch a break with you. And take a moment to allow God to remind you how often he has extended that to you and humble yourself. Because living into Hesed means that even while someone is counted as your enemy, where you are able to, you overextend grace. Living into Hesed means that when you feel like you are done, you humble yourself and make room for the Spirit to empower you to keep on doing. It means that. You are able to be faithful, loving, loyal, and steadfast, no matter what others say and do, because Hesed is expansive. We love because he first loved us, and his love does not have a limit, nor should ours. And where this is hard, we can remember that God doesn't require his children to conjure up the ability on our own to live with Hesed. It is impossible for us on our own to love this way, to be faithful, to care, to be loyal, to overextend grace to those who don't deserve it. But we can live this way because our power, our fuel, our motivation comes from the greatest example and demonstration of a love and faithfulness that crosses over normal boundaries and goes the extra mile for the undeserving when Jesus laid down his life for us. He gives us hesed out of his being for our good so that we can embody and be hesed for his glory and for the good and the flourishing of our world. And so where right now are you needing to remember and functionally believe in the nature of God's hesed for you, in his posture towards you, in his actions already done for you? Where are you holding shame? Where do you think you are too far gone? Where do you think others are too far gone or undeserving of your grace and mercy and faithfulness? And remember that our God is eternally committed to us eternally committed to those he has called his, even when we are unfaithful to him. That without us 
wanting and looking for God. His Hesed existed, wanted, and looked for you. That his Hesed cannot run out. That it is in his very nature to be loyal to those he has set his love upon, those he created out of the overabundance of his Hesed. In closing prayer, as God's sons and daughters, I'm going to have you hear, let move you his word from Psalm 103, which in many ways is a great summary of his Hesed. My soul bless the Lord, and all that is within me bless his holy name. My soul bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit, and he crowns you with hesed and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and hesed. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. For he has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his hesed towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of remembering that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like the flower of the field, and when the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's hesed is toward those who fear him. His righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant and who remember to observe his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all his angels of great strength who do his word obedient to his command. Bless the Lord, all his armies, his servants who do his will. Bless the Lord all his works, in all the places where he rules. May our souls bless the Lord. Please hear the benediction. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine, according to the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us, to him be glory both in the church and in Christ Jesus, now and forever. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. 
Thanks for listening to this message from Icon Community Church. Please visit us online at iconcommunitychurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.